testing. Oh, we got to have some, you know, I'm pastors, we got to have lights. We got to have some lights. There we go. That's better. That's a lot better. Now I can see my iPad. See the words of my iPad now. So how y'all doing? Okay, so this is part three of spiritual warfare. And we got one more part to go. And when we, um, God has already given me a message for next month. So you really want to be here for that. And the message I have for next month is called, It's the Blood. So uh, I'm just going to do a quick review um, uh, of spiritual warfare, that some of the things that we cover, and there's some other things that I want to share with you. There's some things that just recently happened that you may or may not know about that just happened because we are in a spiritual warfare. So let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we just thank you, Father God, for this time in your word. We thank you for spiritual warfare. We understand, Father God, it's an evil plot of the enemy, Father. But we understand, Father God, that you're going to help us and to go through it. And we know that we're going to come out victorious, Father. We thank you, Father God, as we continue to go forth, Father God. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in this spiritual warfare, Father. We give no place to the devil. We give no place to the enemy, Father God, because we know, Father God, that you have given us the victory. You are our victorious God in every situation. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So just, just a quick review of spiritual warfare. And spiritual warfare is, is the Christian concept of fighting against the works, against uh, evil forces. It is based on, on biblical beliefs in evil spirits or demons that are said to invade in human affairs in various ways. And we all know that. We all know that in spiritual warfare, that the enemy he's going to attack us from every angle. He's going to attack us from every angle, so we have to be prepared. And last week, um, I went to, um, last week we were talking about the armor of God, you, how you have to be prepared. And I used the illustration of Black Panther, how when they went to war, the lady had the shield. So as she was, as the fiery darts or those arrows, whatever you want to call them, as they were throwing them. She was doing like this, blocking them. So that way it won't, it won't be able to penetrate. So even in battle, we have to have the whole armor of God. And let's go to Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 12. And it says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, wickedness in heavenly places. And the King James says, I like, for some reason I just like it the way King James put it. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against 
against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weaknesses, wickedness in high places. So when you go out into battle, you have to be prepared. You have to have the whole armor of God. You just cannot have the helmet of salvation and you don't have the breastplate of right, the bless, the breastplate of righteousness. And you see when a, a police officer or law enforcement, law enforcement officer goes out, they always have on what? They have on a bulletproof vest to protect this area. Okay, they have on a bulletproof vest. Now the SWAT team, now the SWAT team come really prepared because they have the bulletproof vest, which is the breastplate of righteousness. They have on a helmet, which is a helmet of salvation. They always have the, you know, you know they have the AR in their hand, the AR-15, the AR-22. So they're ready for anything. And they're trained. So that's one thing. God does not want us to go out in the battle, not train and not prepare. So let's go on to part three of our of our spiritual warfare. And one point, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be before you very long, but one point I want to get to is bondage. And we all know. When we was growing up, we was growing up, and for some reason, ladies was not allowed to wear pants in the church. Uh, they were not allowed to wear makeup because they was that, that was like bondage. Like, okay, why are you keeping me in bondage? Okay, now today you see that ladies wearing pants, they wear makeup. I have no problem with that. I've seen some ladies, they just overdo it on the makeup. They just, it's like an over, like an over, they just sat in front of the mirror and just kept putting on, like, okay, uh, I understand that. So bondage is a state or practice of being physically restrained, restrained as being tied up, chained, or put into handcuffs. So when you see a person uh, that committed a crime, they committed a crime, yes, the officer is going to put them in handcuffs. So therefore, we already know they're going to jail, and they're going to be best friends with somebody in cell block D. Okay, so Exodus chapter number 2, verse number 23. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of bondage. We are no longer in bondage. We are free. We are king's kids. We are children of God. We are free. I'm not going to let anything hold me back. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. So why are you trying to keep me in bondage? Because you're trying to tell me I can't do this and I can't do that. But God telling me, oh, no, you can do this. You can do that. So don't keep me in bondage because of something that you've done in the past and you're trying to correct it now but don't keep me in bondage uh, all that all this stuff about there are pastors out there right now that do not believe in a woman preacher that's just wrong Go, so, so tell me what is Joyce Meyer doing you got some you got people in the church right now to tell you okay listen you need to have your dress need to come past your knees uh, 
you know, dress got to come past your knees, you know, um, make sure, you know, your hair is in a, uh, uh, let's say, like a ponytail or something. You can't wear, you know, have something like, you know, loose, uh, no dreads, you know, all that stuff is, is just not true. And some churches still believe in that today. And we had, I knew, so, I know someone and his brother is a pastor and his brother does not believe in a woman preacher. That's wrong. That's bondage. So if you're in a church setting or you just visit a church and say, okay, well, you know, we don't believe in, in uh, uh, female preachers. I'm like, I'll be like, I'll put my finger up like doing the Baptist church. I'm like, okay, this is not for me. This is not for me. This is this whole setting is not for me. And one thing, you know, you got to be careful who you connected with because you don't want some things to fall on you. And uh, we was at a church setting down in South Florida and the pastor was praying and he said, let all my enemies die by fire. I said, you on your own. We gone. We left. We left. So in a spiritual warfare, you want to be, you want to know who you're connected with. You want to know as much as about this pastor as you can. You want to, if you can go on a line and find some things, go on their website, ask around. So why is this pastor? How is so-and-so? Okay, all right. Okay. Well, God, so what's going on? Is there anything behind closed doors that I need to know about that they're doing that they shouldn't be doing? So you have to be connected with the right people. In the spiritual warfare, you want to make sure that you have people that's going to pray with you, that's going to stand by your side, that's going to encourage you, that's going to feed you the word of God. You don't need someone that's not going to, you don't need someone in your life that's negative. I don't need a negative person in my life when I'm going through something. I need someone that's going to pray with me when I'm going through, that's going to stand in the gap when I'm going through. Okay, and bondage is just, it's just, uh, it's just bad. It's just like a virus. It's really, really bad. It's really bad. Now, uh, Exodus 20, chapter 20, verse number two. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And this, and... Uh, this is something, you know, God brought you out. Why would you want to go back in? You just got out of a line of fire, so why would you want to go back into it? You're like, no, we just finished that, so let's move on. So a teenager in rebellion, a father in some form of spiritual bondage, or a mother who is harboring resentment will affect the entire family. The devil knows this. This is why he's working so hard to gain foothold in your family and mine. The good news is that we do not have to be Satan's victim. I don't want to be Satan's victim. I will never be Satan's victim. Never be Satan's victim. All this about, okay, uh, if your, your, your spouse is, is treating you wrong and your spouse is treating you like Ike Dick, Tina, why would you stay? There's no re that's, that's bondage. Why would you stay? 
and you have people in a house in, in the family of God that's doing that. The spouses are verbally, verbally and physically abusing one another and cheating on one another, but yet and still they want to stay in that relationship. Why would you stay? That's bondage. I'm free. I'm free. So I'm like, listen, I'm not going to stay in this. You're on your own. I'm going to do what God has called me to do. You know, and and point number two, strongholds. Strongholds. If you say that the place or region is a stronghold of a particular attitude or belief, you you mean the most pe- you mean the most people there share this attitude of belief. And first uh, second Corinthians chapter ten, starting from verse number three, for we wrestle no, I'm sorry, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds, casting down argument in every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every, and bringing everything into captivity into the obedience of Christ. We know there are some strongholds. We see it around the city. <clears throat> some people they can't. Uh, they don't want to get off drugs. They keep telling you, oh, I can stop at any time. That is the number one lie. That is the number one stronghold that's on your life. You know, you got some people that are alcoholics. They tell you the same thing. I can stop at any time. You can't stop unless you get help. God wants to help them, but in order for them to get help, they have to want to help themselves first. You know, and just like with this mental health issue, people think that they can deal with this on their own. You can't because you need help. And sometimes you need medication just to think right, just to operate in the way that you need to operate. You know, and uh, we all know, we all know the story of David and the Goliath. David took down the Goliath. Yes, that was a spiritual warfare. He took him down. And we all know, as truth be told, at some point in your life, you had to take down some Goliaths in your life. Whether it's family members, whether it's church members, neighbors, or coworkers, you had to take some Goliaths down in your life. That's out, even as pastors, there are some glad. Yes, we had to take some down. I don't care how big you are, you's going down. That's just how it is. And part of spiritual warfare is um, I'm going to share something with you, and this hit home to me um, when I was reading this yesterday. A a teen survivor of the mass shooting at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida has died by suicide. The 19-year-old Sydney, uh, I don't know how to pronounce pronounce her last name, is A-I-E-L-L-O. I don't know how to pronounce that. 
took her own life over the weekend. Her mom, Cora, told Tampa News Station after suffering, the, after this, this, this is what the, uh, the girl was dealing with. She was dealing with a post-traumatic stress disorder. That's known as PTSD. And she never got help. And that hit home to me because me and my wife, we are from South Florida. So Parkland, Florida is in Broward County. It's the, like the south end of Broward County going into Palm Beach County. And when I read that, it hit home to me and my heart goes out to the family. Um, with that shooting, I don't know if they have gotten counselors in there for the, kid, for the students that was, you know, dealing with this. They saw the guy shoot their friends and their friends died right in front of them. That, now, that's, that's bad. That's really traumatic. That's devastating to see that your best friend that was killed in a mass shooting and, and right in front of you. That's, that's really, really bad. And here, um, I believe this was in Jacksonville when I saw this on the news app. A former Trinity, a Christian Academy teacher charged with unlawful sexual activity with a minor. So we still are dealing with teachers having sex with minors. And this basically happened in middle school and high school. This is where this is happening at. This is the spiritual warfare that we're dealing with. Every time that you walk out your front door, you are in the battlefield. You are in the middle of a battlefield. It doesn't matter. So that's why I'm, uh, I believe I said this last week or part one. I'm cautious every time I walk out the door. It's not, I'm not, no, no I'm not panicking, but I'm cautious. I'm cautious. I'm, con I'm constantly, you know, watching, you know, I'm constantly watching my back. I'm constantly, even when, when uh, me, me and Pastor Frida, when we go out, you know, I'm, I'm like this here. I'm like, I'm like, I'm in surveillance mode, even in a restaurant, I'm in, even in the movie theater. I'm in a surveillance mode. I forgot what year that was. They had, I forgot where that was. They had a mass shooting in a theater. Uh, was it, was it Colorado? It was, it was somewhere out there. It was somewhere they had a mass shooting in a movie theater. So, even in the movie theater, I'm constantly watching. My first thing is, okay, um, okay, we sitting in these seats. Okay, now where's the nearest exit? If something pop off, I'm grabbing my wife and say, hey, we gone. I say, listen, you're going to have to run. If you, if you, <laughs> you used to run track, so running to the car shouldn't be hard. <laughs> okay, so I'm constantly, constantly watching out. Uh, even when I go to the grocery store. We, we seen it on the news. People be getting held up at the gas station. So uh, I'm the type of person, you know, like, I don't really want to go to the gas station at night to get gas. Um, even when we're traveling, I'm like, man, I'm like, oh. And it's getting dark. I'm like, man, I got to stop. So I get out the car. I'm pumping gas. I'm doing like this here. I'm more like RoboCop. I'm just watching because we're in, we in the spiritual warfare. We're in the spiritual warfare. And... We understand that attacks, people will attack us for no reason. 
this is part of uh, this is a part of ministry that you're going to understand as time goes on and we get we get more people in here and we move to our next facilities to where we can really do what we want with the things that we can't do it here. We can't do it here. We can't service the community like we want to. Now, we, we're doing a real good job now, but when we move, you know there's going to be some controversy. Oh, why are they moving there? We don't want no church over here. We had a, we don't, we don't, uh, in the midst of us looking for, you know, spaces, we already heard, we don't want a church here because they don't pay their bills. I said, hmm, I was already prepared for that. Because a pastor told me down in uh, South Florida when they was looking for another facility, when they was looking for another facility, they was told that we don't want a church here because the church don't pay their bills. We pay our bills. And we pay them on time. So in this spiritual warfare, you know, we understand attacks going to, people going to attack you for no reason. And you won't even know why. Now, the Bible says if you have an alt or a problem with that person, you go to that person. Well, pastor, you know, what she did, I'm like, okay, well, why are you coming to me? The first thing I'm going to tell you to do is say, you need to go to her or him, and you, y'all need to sit down, and y'all need to hash this out. Now, if you want me to be the mediator in this and sit down and observe, okay, fine, I'll do that. But you need to take care of this. I can't do it for you. Because, I don't know, this is my first time hearing this whole situation. You know, spiritual warfare is, 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 um, is happening all over. And one thing that people will understand is you cannot have an unforgiving heart or have bitter, bitterness in your heart. Because bitterness creates what? Anger. Jealousy. That's what it creates. Some people, they, I mean, you're going you're gonna, to, as time goes on, you're gonna, we're going to have people that come in and you're going to like, pass a so-and-so, so bitter. I'm like, who? which one is that? Tell, let me know. Let me know. This person is full of uh, bitterness and that person is full of, full of anger. That's something because you're going to pick it up in your spirit. And God will tell you, say, okay, that person, yeah, they're bitter. Okay, that person's angry because of something happened at the last church. And they think it's going to happen here. So that's why when, um, that's why when, I ha when we have our leadership meetings, I'm like, listen, you guys need to let me know. So I, I need to know so, how, so I can deal with this situation. Because I don't want it to affect everybody. So I got I to gotta, I gotta stop it before it gets bigger. Because if it gets too bigger, then what happens? Then it's going to be hard to contain. It's like a fire. If you don't contain the fire... When it starts, then guess what happens? It, it spreads. It grows. So you don't want bitterness to grow. And bitterness is a couple things. It's sharpness of taste, lacking of sweetness, anger, and disappointment of being treated unfairly. And we all know, truth be told, truth be told, we was all treated unfairly 
whether it was at a church, at with family members, you do with a family reunion, um, at work, and I can honestly tell you, yes, I was treated unfairly with a guy I work with and with a supervisor and a manager. I was treated unfairly in all three cases. You know, I was, when I found out what was going on, I said, okay, you know what? I got to go. So I got me another position. I'm like, ooh, thank you, Jesus. Ooh. I guess I thought that was it. But the other supervisor, she treated me unfairly. Okay, we need you. Can you, uh, the, one of the guys was retiring and they wanted to give me his position. I said, okay, fine. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, that's seven and a half percent rate. That's more money. Hey, hey, who's going to turn down more money? Okay, so went downtown, took the test, passed the test. She never gave it to me. Then I found out later on that this was a white supervisor. I found out later on that she had no intention of promoting a black male or female. So when I found that out, I was in that, I was in that, spirit, I was in that spiritual warfare. I'm like, I, was, I, I couldn't figure out what's going on. I'm like, well, what's going on? I'm going to pass the test, and she said she's going to do this. Never fulfilled that commitment. She never did what she said. And I was like, okay, I got to go. So I got positioned somewhere else, more money. And it was closer to home. It was like 10 minutes away from the house. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to do a 30-minute drive no more. It was 10 minutes from the house, which was good. And once I got there and got in that position, I was like, oh, I was like free as a bird. I was free as a bird. I worked well with everybody, had no problem with the supervisor. You know, I was, I was like the mechanic around there fixing everything. So that's, you're going to have people that's going to do that to you. They're going to tell you, they're going to tell you, oh, I'm going to help you with anything that you need. And then at the last minute, they bail on you. But I can tell you this, they can bail on me, but God will never bail on me. That's one thing you can have a peace of mind. Okay, they bailed on me. Okay, God, what I do? Oh, go ahead and go ahead. I mean, listen, don't worry. Now, people, God will put people in your life for a certain period of time. And we all know with churches, they leave. You know, me and my wife was at a, a, at a conference last week, and the bishop said, the bishop said, the people, there was a, a married couple that was with the church for like 10 or 15 years. They came up to him saying, we're leaving the church. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> no. I'm not going to cry. I said, okay, I've seen it where people leave and God bring in 10 more people. So even with us, even with me and Pastor Frida being pastors of Amen Always Church, yes, there's always going to be some form of spiritual warfare that's going on. Now, you may or may not know about it unless we tell you, but it's always going to be some form of spiritual warfare that's going on in the church. And see Proverbs 
24, verse number 17. Do not rejoice when your enemies fail. And do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. You don't want to be connected to someone where they're always rejoicing and they're happy when a, a person stumbles or falls. That's not good. That's not, that's not being a good Christian. It's like you see a person stumble and fall. You say, hey, hey you, need some, you need some help? Let me help you up. Let me help you up. Just like the just man, he fell seven times, but he kept getting back up. Yes, we're going to fall at some point in the spiritual warfare. All you got to do is dust yourself off. Dust yourself off and say, hey, I'm a king's kid. I'm a child of God. I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to be discouraged by that because I know that God is with me. God is with me. And we got we to gotta make sure that if we've done anything to anybody or said anything to anybody, you want to go to that person or persons and ask for forgiveness. That's part of spiritual warfare. You've got to ask for forgiveness because you want to have a peace of mind, peace of spirit, peace of heart that, okay, I reach out to this person. We sat down. We talked. I asked for forgiveness, but they don't want to forgive me. Okay, you did your part. You did your part. So don't worry about whether they forgive you or not. Eventually, they'll see it. Like, you know what? She tried to, she came or he came and they apologized and they asked for, my, they asked for forgiveness because of something that they did that we wasn't even aware of. And we didn't want to forgive them. We have, to, we have to forgive. We have to forgive people. We have to forgive people because that's part of spiritual warfare because you want to make sure that you do what you need to do. You know, in the spiritual warfare, we don't have time to be playing games. If you need to get something right with God, this is the time to do it. You need to get things right with God now. Don't wait. Well, I'll wait. Now, you can wait if you want to, but just remember now, the next day is not promised to you. The next minute, the next second is not promised to you. So you want to get it right with God now. Don't wait to, well, I'm going to wait to, um, okay, the world call it Easter. We call it resurrection because we know Jesus Christ was crucified on a Friday and he rose again on a Sunday. So that's why they have Palm Sunday or Good Friday. And then uh, they call it Easter, but we call it resurrection because we know what is going on. We understand that Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. They went in there and they opened. Um, didn't we put Jesus in here? He's gone. Because he's been He's been resurrected. And we, know, we all know that uh, coming Easter is where, you have, is where you have your seasonal churchgoers. 
They're going to come on Easter, and then they're going to come, say, the first Sunday of the year, thinking, okay, good, I've been to church. I'll go to church the first Sunday of the year, I'm good. And then uh, if I go on Easter, you know, that's, that's part of, like, that's half of the year, so I'll be good until December. It doesn't happen that way. People pass every day. Whether it's dealing with health issues or, or uh, whatever the case may be, uh, car accidents, plane accidents. Um, you, we all saw in the news, that, what was that, that plane, it was a plane, had a hundred something people on it and it crashed. And all, it was, every last one of them died. No, I don't watch the news for enjoyment. I watch the news because I need to know what's going on in Duval County, Jacksonville. I need to know what's going on. So I'm not saying be a news fanatic, but at least you got to keep up with current events so you know what to pray for. Even if you, well, I don't know their families. It doesn't matter. That's what we're supposed to do. We pray for people we don't even know. Yes, my heart goes out to the young lady who took her own life. It goes out to the whole, uh, it goes, my heart goes out to her whole entire family. Because now, instead of them celebrating maybe her next birthday, now they have to plan for a funeral for her. And this is part of spiritual warfare. We have kids that are taking their own life because of why they're being bullied in school. That is another reason why um, we have to be on guard. And that's why it's, you need to have that relationship with your son or your daughter or your grandkids. Say, listen, if somebody is bothering you or bullying you in school, and if you don't want to tell the principal or your teacher, I need, you need to come and tell me. If someone at school is touching you in a way that you feel uncomfortable, you need to tell me. Well, I didn't want to say anything because I like the teacher. No. Whether you like the teacher or not, you need to come and tell me what's going on so that we, so that I can go to the school and deal with this. And that's another thing, and even in the schools, even in Christian schools and private schools, we're seeing it now that a former teacher of a Christian school, a Christian academy, was having sex with a minor. So we got to make sure that we are on guard at all times. And that's why I believe I said it uh, a week ago or two weeks ago. You need to pray for your kids before they go off to school. You need to lay hands on your kids. Know them with oil. Do what you have to do. Do what you have to do. If they don't have a cell phone, get them one. They don't need one where they, need, they don't need a cell phone where, uh, uh, hey, listen, talks and texts. <laughs> Metro works. <laughs> it's, it's cheap, but Metro works. If you want to put them on your, on your family plan, go ahead. But at this day and age, um, some of these kids, they need a cell phone. Basically, if a, if, if a mass shooting was going on, oh, I got to go. There's a situation at the school. I'm gone. You know, it's not for them to 
well, we already know they're going to go on the internet and social media. But even with that, you want to monitor their Facebook page, Instagram, Tinder, uh, Twitter. You want to monitor their social media to see what they're, what are they doing on their phones. And say, okay, what's, what's going on? Give me your, what's, your, what's your account? Give me your phone. Let me see your phone for a minute. Go, if, you, if you have to go through their phone, go through their phone. So you know what's going on. Even with um, television, you have to monitor what they're watching because a lot of uh, these shows, they show a bunch of killing. We know what the movies do. We know what the movies do. Even with the video games. It they got all this killing it. And when I was growing up, we didn't have all this. You know, Pac-Man was the, was the game. <laughs> that, was the, that was the killer ghost and keep going. You know, but you, we have to monitor that. Even in the spiritual warfare, we got to monitor what's going on in our homes and with our kids because you don't want some unfamiliar spirit to come into your house. So now you have to pray that spirit out of your house. So that's why I hear, I hear pastors saying all times, you have to monitor your kids, social media, um, even the friends that they hang out with. Well, who is so? I don't, I don't know that. Who, who's that person? Well, me and so me and Johnny B going. Who is Johnny B? I I never met him. Could you um, no? Okay. Uh, could you you know? Hey, yeah, I want to meet him. I, I I need to know what's going on. Because we all know, if your child get in that group of bad people, things could happen. Things can happen. You're like, oh, why they attitude change? I mean, why, why they, oh, what's going on? Come to find out, they, they out there done, done got themselves a hit. And I'm not talking about with cigarettes either. I'm not, we, you know, uh, even with uh, prodigal kids, we have prodigal kids, the uh, mental health and we counsel some people, teenagers, they were already and drinking in high school already. So that's why uh, you're, not, you're not trying to invade their privacy because they do deserve some privacy, but you want to monitor what's, what, they, what, what they're doing on social media, who their friends are. You know, this is all part of spiritual warfare. We have to monitor that. You know, if if the if you got grandkids, if the parents don't do they do if the parents don't do what they're supposed to do, say, listen, um, let me see your phone. Who, who is this? Who is that? Who is that? Do your mama? Know? Nah, they don't know. That's why it's so important that that family time is important. That even at dinner time, you start, you sit down, and you ask your kids, okay, well, what's going on in school? How's your classes? Who are your friends? Who are I mean, what's going on? You know, what are the friends you're hanging out with? Who are, who are they? Now, I don't know this person. So tell me some about this person. And just by you talking to your kids, and they start telling you certain things about this person, say, well, I don't know. I mean, hold off. I don't want you. Hold off. Just give. Just let me pray about this for. Let me pray about this for a couple of days, and I'll let you know if I want you to hang out with this person or not. Because if this person got some bad influence, I don't want you to be corrupted by that. You know, and I've 
me when I was in school, I didn't, I pretty much stayed to myself. Because I saw what was going on, I'm like, uh-uh. I saw kids get in trouble, kids get suspended, uh, kicked out. So I like, I pretty much just stayed to myself. And that's just what I did. You know, in spiritual warfare, it's, it's, this is really good. And um, we're going to be wrapping this up next week. Next Sunday, we're going to be wrapping up uh, spiritual warfare. And we can't have bitterness in our hearts. We can't have unforgiveness. Because God doesn't want that. Because we all know bitterness, all it, all it leads to is anger. You go from being bitter to angry to jealous. And me and Pastor Frida, we have seen that. We have seen <laughs> We have seen that before we started uh, Amen Always Church and after. You got some people that's bitter and they're angry and they're jealous. Okay, so don't be jealous because God called us the pastor Amen Always Church. You know, and this is just something that we're going to do. This is something that you're going to deal with regardless you're going to deal with people that's jealous of you. Why Why she got a, who told her she can get a four-bedroom house? God. Well, who told her that, that um, who told her she can be a, a, a supervisor or manager? God. God told him that. So you could never, you can, I mean, you can never stop God for doing what he wants to do. You can try. You can try it, but you can never stop God from doing what he, wants to do, what he wants to do. That's a bold move. That's a real bold move. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to stop God from doing what he wants to do because I know that this is, this is much bigger than me. You know, this is much bigger than me, and this is bigger than us, you know, for us reaching out into the community. We're going, to, we're going to be doing some things that churches have stopped doing. We're going to do some things that churches have stopped doing. So that's, uh, that's something that we're going to do. You know, that's why we are going out into the highways, the byways, and the hedges. That's why we're going out to um, inviting people. We're going to apartment complexes and homes and businesses and doctor's offices is what we're doing, inviting people out. We're reaching out to the unchurched. So we're reaching out to the people who never thought about coming to church. You know, and that is, that's something that, ooh, I'm sorry, looking at the time. That is something that we're, we're going to be doing. <clears throat> As time goes on, you're going to hear more about it. Um, hold on, let me stop.